Welcome back to the Flick Discussion. I'm Seth. I'm Carter. And I'm Michael. Today we'll be talking about the movie Radio, starring Cuba Gooding. So in this movie, we um, it's it's actually a very interesting movie that um talks about a guy that is mentally disabled, very mentally disabled, and um he's always carrying around this cart, he's pushing it around, he always has a radio in it, hence the movie Radio. Loves radios. He loves radios. And um he um he's always pushing it around and the the head coach of Hannah notices him pushing it around and then um he ends up meeting radio for the first time when um the nine kids on the football team um tied him up and beat him up in a hut. And um, Coach Jones was the one that set him free, um, took a knife and cut the tape around his hands and his feet. And he took off running out of the hut and tripped. And um, Coach Jones, it was all over, it was all over um, a football that radio took that was kicked through the field goal. And Johnny Clay was like, give me back the ball. And radio just took it and went on his way, but he wasn't trying to cause any harm. And then the next day, um, Coach Jones sees radio, and he's, he comes up to radio, and he's like, hey, are you okay? And asks him how he's doing. And the first thing radio does is put the ball out to give it to him. And he's like, no, you can keep the ball. It's all good. He's like, I want you to swing by practice tomorrow. And um, so radio swung by practice, and he was running the crap out of those boys that bullied him. And he made him run all the way till dark and to kind of just prove a point to him that you don't do this to people like this just because they're different. And it made a good um, point in the movie and a good lesson. But the one kid still didn't learn. It took him a few more times to learn, which we'll get deeper into that. But on to you, Michael. What? So the a- actor Cuba Gooding plays... Uh, James Kennedy is his real name, but his for his loves of love of radios and his lack of talking at the beginning, they just started calling him radio and it stuck. So that's how he got his nickname of radio. So if we reference radio throughout the rest of this podcast instead of James Kennedy, that's who we're talking about. Um, they never actually give you like a description of w- what his disability is. Um, kind of you got the vibe of it was kind of like autism i would i would say his mom pretty much just said we took him to the doctors and they just pretty much said he's much slower than the average person and they didn't really give her a description but that was way back in the day it was in the 60s so we're assuming that it was it was a big form of autism this this movie is also a true story too based on a true story so that was uh interesting the way that that got handled um and it took a important aspect of a lot of people's lives and uh with athletics um like like football that's a big passion in america and took something that needed to be have some light shined on it especially as a true story that definitely helps out so radio based on a true story taking the story of a um mentally handicapped person and showing that that people in this world aren't all 
bad and think of people differently and they treat them equally so that was it's just a heartwarming movie i guess is the way to think about it very and radio's mom is always talking about how he has the best heart out there just because he's different doesn't mean he's a bad person and um you know there's there's just a lot of life lessons in the movie with johnny clay when he keeps bullying him throughout the movie and but the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because his dad is um kind of the same way and he's just they they just are kind of arrogant and disrespectful people and i and i wouldn't say this movie has like antagonists like villains like you know mm-hmm. like a superhero movie but when seth references johnny and clay and frank clay those are quote unquote the protagonists in the movie mm-hmm. they're the ones that kind of don't want radio to fit in and be part of the Hannah high school culture that they're trying to create mm-hmm. um, especially in football mainly and also they get into a little bit of basketball as well he's kind of like the um, manager. I, yeah manager I don't want to say mascot because that makes it sound bad but like people loved radio at the school besides those two guys so he was kind of the the mascot of Hannah sports for a long time uh, I I didn't realize it was based off a true story until at the end when um, they said it was based off a true story. And that uh, he, and it was filmed in 2003, took place in the 60s. Mm-hmm. In North Carolina. The, in North or South Carolina, I believe it was North Carolina. And they talked about how he was still doing it and he was in his 50s. And before we started recording, we uh, were doing some extra research, and we found out that radio, James Kennedy, actually passed away in late 2019, which was weird to hear, especially since we had just freshly watched the movie. So that that was a little a little strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little more context. We're going to – a couple more other characters we're going to be talking about. So we got, we got radio and Coach Jones. Those are the, obviously the two – main characters if you will and then we also have we have coach honeycutt who is coach jones's assistant coach on the football field but he's also the head basketball coach so that's how radio got into uh being the manager of the basketball team uh, a couple other characters we got we got what was it johnny clay that's what johnny clay his dad is frank clay that was his name yep right? yep frank clay we got those two guys those are kind of the two the two that were the meanest to radio and then of course we got coach jones's family his wife, and then his daughter, Mary Ellen. And then we also have um, the guys at the barbershop, which... Bell and all the other guys, is, they kind of all are just like in a group every time they're in the movie because the barbershop was kind of like the place of meeting after a big game, even, even if they win or lose. Mm-hmm. They come in there, and Coach Jones gets a cup of coffee, and um, he just talks to everybody, and they're like, hey, heck of a game, coach. And they're just having normal conversation. Or if somebody has a problem with what Coach Jones is doing, then they speak up. And um, depending on the night after Coach Jones is kind of saying, when he gets out of the barbershop, he's like, that was a good cup tonight, Dale. Or he'll say, it was a better cup the other time, Dale. Like He'll, <laughs> he'll, like, he'll like, hence, he'll talk about if it was a – good conversation or a bad conversation that's kind of how he leaves at points and at the barbershop because i don't know if we clarified but coach jones is kind of the guy that took 
radio in on the football team and kind of put them in the right direction of showing showing people like what radio was all about mm-hmm. so that that's an important part of the yeah. film and the the barber the barbershop also kind of symbolizes like the round table of the town like as you watch the movie you'll see that it's a pretty normal thing for a lot of people to be in there after a Friday night after a game because uh, it's kind of where all the important discussion takes place between, you know, like all the football fans and all the, say, like the guys of the town. So, like, when they come in there, they it, it always starts out with talk about football, but then as the movie goes on, you can see that it starts getting into more serious conversation, and obviously that means talking about the inclusion of having radio around or not. But that's, the barbershop's, like, where all the serious heartfelt words were taking place about the inclusion of radio or not because originally when radio got on the sideline he didn't mean to but he caused some unintentional things like he was went on to the field one time started jawing at the referee because he saw coach jones doing it so he was was just reciprocating what he was seeing so he wasn't actually genuinely doing anything bad because everyone else was doing it but some people quote unquote thought he was a distraction to the team instead of which was Frank Clay symbolizing what he actually meant meant like meant to the team so and that that kind of gives us a little insight into our next point here there was a lot of times in this in this movie that radio was faced with hardships or adversity just because he was different starting from the very beginning of the movie uh, you see in one of the first scenes of the movie that Radio is kidnapped by a bunch of these football players and tied up and locked in the equipment shed. Which it was Johnny Clay's idea. Yeah. You could tell that he was the... So they harassed him, tied him up, threw him in there. and when, Co- when Coach Jones finds out, you can go in... When he goes into the shed, you can see how terrified Radio was. And it he makes was shaking, it... he was crying, he wouldn't let Coach Jones cut the cut the tape off of him at first. He was he didn't want anybody to come near him. He he, he was just terrified and you could tell. And the emotion of that like really like mm-hmm. touches your heart in the movie and just makes you feel terrible inside when you see how terrified he is. Like he's like fearful of his life. That's how bad he felt tormented because I mean he's he's a little different and He's, he's never had anything happen that that drastic. You know what I mean? That yeah. And it was all over a football that I'm sure the football team would have never even blinked an eye at, that noticed it was gone. Uh, but it just so happened that a player, seeing him take it, he asked for it back, and he, radio didn't give it to him because he didn't know this guy, and it was something he liked, so he took it in his cart, which I'm not saying to take people's property but he didn't the, know in any the, better in the, in the scheme of things one football is not difficult to find another one of yeah, not at all especially if the consequence is getting tied in a shed so i mean compare contrast i think uh johnny clay was definitely in the wrong yeah yeah as we were talking about earlier he was how radio was causing a ruckus on the sidelines of a few games. And this, at first, really kind of turned people away from him, in my opinion, because the next the next point of hardship that radio had to go against was they didn't want 
the school didn't want radio traveling on the bus to the away games, and they didn't they didn't even want him in the school at all, because he was an adult. He wasn't a part of the school. He wasn't a part of the staff. He was a liability. That's what they were. They saying. they referred to him as a liability because they didn't know what he would do if something stressed him out or scared him. So that's the second piece of adversity that he faced, and I would say. The third one's when he, the cop shot when mm-hmm. um. When he was, so he got a bunch of presents from Christmas. Like, everybody in the whole community got radio a present. And um, so the next day, he took his shopping cart and filled up a bunch of his presents that he got, probably a quarter of them, because he got so many. They, I mean, they filled up the back of Coach Jones' um, truck when he got all those presents. But the next day, he decided that he was going to take those presents and give them to other people in the community that weren't as fortunate. You could tell with the housing and living of some of those people, they weren't as fortunate. They were out and, in the um, boonies. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. And he went house by house by house and was just dropping off a gift to each and every one. And there was a new cop that was on the payroll, and he didn't, <laughs> he didn't know about radio. And he's like, what are you doing there, son? He's like, where would you get those presents from? And radio has um, trouble having normal conversation because he's different. So he's like, he's like, these are mine, you know, and just like short talk because that's just how he talks. And then the cop cuts him off and won't let him move the cart and then slams him against the hood and handcuffs him. Makes him all scared. And then he's really scared. And then they bring him into the cop shop and he's sitting, um, he puts him in a jail cell. He's like, well, I'm going to find out who this is, which I don't know how the cop couldn't tell that radio um, had a disability, which amazed me in the movie. Like, how could he not tell this person yeah. has a disability? And radio's just sitting in the cell, just rocking. He's like, I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go mm-hmm. home because he's just so terrified and so scared. And the other cops, they who all know of, Yeah, who all know of radio because they're part of the barbershop clique, too. Go to um, football games, close with Coach Jones, the whole close, tight-knit community thing. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, well, let's see who he just brought in. They went back there, and they're like, radio? And they're like, are you all right? And he's like, I want to go home. I want to go home. And he's just very distraught and very upset, and they take him out. And they By the end of it, him. he had a lot they, of fun. Yeah, but. yeah. at the end of it, he had a lot of fun. He, they fed him, and they were walk, watching Dr. J play, and <laughs> they were just having a great time, sitting there laughing. And then Coach Jones comes in and just – eyes down the guy that did that and he just like wouldn't even make eye contact with coach jones because he knew coach jones was very upset with him so coach jones actually made him get in the car with radio his cop car and drive radio around and drop off the rest of the gifts to the houses that he wanted to instead of him having to do it in the car himself so it all it all ended up working out so it was it was a good upside of things seeing that and then of course the next day when radio was going to school and stuff he was telling people, he's like, Coach Jones bailed me out of jail. <laughs> and he was making funny comments about it, which brought some good um, yeah. laughter to the movie. But. And then I don't know if you guys agree, but then I, one thing I would also say is that radio's, radio's biggest problem, I would say, throughout the movie, or not biggest, but most recurring account of hardship would have been Johnny Clay. Um, Johnny so, just kept on coming at him the whole movie. Yeah, Johnny wouldn't was like his, his number one bully. Um, he would... He was the one that wanted to tie him up and throw him in the equipment shed in the beginning of the movie. Uh, another scene room. in the movie, he made him go into the girls' locker room. Um, he was just 
he wasn't a good guy to radio at all. He didn't accept the fact that he was different and the fact that radio was different, he wanted to he wanted nothing to do with radio and he wanted his his people, his area, he didn't want anybody to have anything to do with radio. I think he thought it took away from him because it just so happened that Johnny Clay was also the star athlete at Hannah High School. Mm-hmm. I think it referred to him getting a scholarship. I don't know if it was for football Clemson. or basketball. Yep, to to Clemson. Clemson. For football, yep. Mm-hmm. So he uh, was kind of nearsighted as far as not seeing the bigger picture. When people started to take two radio, it took away from his shine. He was not a fan of that, nor was his father. A lot of it came from his father kind of brainwashing him to believe that radio was a problem and it was taken away from his ability. But in reality, it, it was only making him better to be able to connect and be able to eventually include someone like that into his life. And in the long run, uh, Johnny kind of came around while his dad... Um, it it looked like he never came around. You don't. I don't know as far as well, years think, later, but I think I think it. He first came around when um, so Coach Jones put Johnny up against the glass, and he's like, "You listen here," and was telling him how it is, and he's like, "You're not playing in the next game." He's like, "But if we don't play in this next game, if I don't, this is the biggest game of the year." And he's like, "I don't care. You're sitting out," because he found out from his other teammates that he was the one that told radio to go in the girls' locker room. And then after Coach Jones was walking away, and he's like, "You can tell your boy I said thanks." And Coach Jones turns around, and he's like, "Radio's not the one that sold you out, buddy." He's like, you can thank your teammates for that one. So Johnny was like, oh, like, he actually didn't sell me out. And Maybe then, he's um, not such a nuisance after all. And then um, the next time um, he sees radio in the locker room, because um, he just returned for, this is before the game, the, ne- the next big game where Johnny dropped like 43 points or something like that. But um, Johnny comes into the locker room, and it's, right at the base of his locker. Um, Radio wrote a little note for him because he was just learning how to do his O's, and he did that, and then he put a radio there for Johnny, and Johnny obviously knew who it was because radio's always got a bunch of radios. He's got, like, a different radio on him every single day. So Johnny came up to radio, and he's like, you you get me that? He's like he's like yeah, Coach Mo- Coach Jones was real mad, Johnny, real mad, and he was just like talking about like how um how upset Coach Jones was at him, and Radio felt bad for it, even though he knew Johnny was the one that put him in that predicament. So it just shows how big of a heart Radio does have, and Johnny just kind of gave him a pat, and then it all started to turn after that, because after the game, Johnny looks at Radio and he's like. Hey, I'll catch you later, radio. Like that's the first time. That's the first time in the whole movie he actually says something like remotely nice to him. Then his dad looks at him. You can tell the apple doesn't far fall um, far from the tree because his dad looks at him. He's like, "What was that?" And he's like, "What? Like, what's wrong with that?" And he's like, "He's like, you need to stay focused and everything." And he's like, "Dad, you're the one that needs to change." Like tells his yeah. dad that. And then at the end of the movie, Johnny, so radio has this varsity letter for football but he never has a place to put it anywhere because he doesn't have enough money to get a varsity jacket. And it's pretty cool at the end of the movie before um, radio's the honorary graduate because he got to dress up and do all that too. And he's an honorary graduate because he doesn't want to go from 11th grade to 12th grade. Yeah, he, he doesn't wants like to stay change. in 11th grade. 
-hmm. And um, Johnny comes up to him, and he's like, hey, um, just ask him how he's doing. Then he's like, I got something for you, and gives him the varsity jacket, and you just see Radio's whole face just light up of how excited he was that Johnny gave him that jacket and gave Johnny a big hug and told him thank you, thank you, thank you, and he was just so grateful for it. And I think that just that just shows you that Johnny did learn a valuable lesson from Coach Jones and from radio of how to treat people even if they are different from you. And I thought that was a big um, vocal point in the movie with um, just about like learning a lesson at the end of the day, and Johnny definitely learned a lesson. So, so this one kind of piggybacks into our our final topic for this episode. Here is we're gonna we're gonna elaborate more into inclusion about how this movie is inclusive, and I think we get the biggest the biggest sense of inclusion in this movie. Definitely, I would say comes from Coach Jones. Um, from the very start of the movie, Coach Jones was all about finding a place for radio and figuring out how he fit in. He noticed he. He didn't have anybody, he didn't have any friends, nobody was ever around looking out for him, you know. Because his mom worked his mom, long, his mom long nights long at the hours, hospital. Yeah. Um, but ever since, ever since Coach Jones first had his first encounter with radio, he was always trying to find a way to make sure, make sure radio was included into the mix somehow. It's like he eventually invited him to be the manager of the football team, kind of. Um, he got... He got Coach Honeycutt to make him manager of the basketball team. He started bringing him around to family events like the big town Christmas party. That was a big turning point, too, with mm-hmm. um, Honeycutt um, allowing radio to come um, be a manager because Coach Jones, he pretty much asked Honeycutt about his opinion. He's like, that's up to you. And he's like, well, you, you need anybody else um, f- to help you coach, like an assistant coach for basketball pretty much, like a manager? And he's like, I think we could do that, like – I think that was a big turning point too because that made that got radio a lot more involved with the community and mm-hmm. helped him staying off like just going on the side of the streets where he's almost getting hit by cars mm-hmm. and everything else every single day. And you almost get the vibe in the beginning of the movie that Honeycutt wasn't really as enthusiastic about trying to build a part for radio in in the in the town because um Coach Jones is like he talks. To, he was talking to Honeycutt in this specific example. He's like, "Yeah, that guy looks thirsty over there," and he handed him a water bottle to at Honeycutt to like gesture to go give it to him. And Honeycutt just kind of was laughing at him. Was like, "Are you serious?" And he realized that he realized that Coach Jones was serious. And I think that overall, Coach Jones just really set set the example of like how someone should react to including a person no matter what the differences be are between you and them. Because Coach, Coach Jones didn't care that radio didn't talk. He didn't want to, you know, involve himself with anything football for a while. But but he just did it anyway. He he made him go out of his comfort zone, and that really ended up actually helping radio. He, he got a lot better with his speech skills. He was learning how to write and read and all this stuff. And I just think I re- it really opened him up to, you know, feeling like a person – feeling a part of society and I think that the way that radio reacted and how close him and coach Jones guy really just like set an example for everybody to want to follow and you know build the same relationship with radio because they seen that hey he's not so bad after all he's actually you know just like me who has the same wants and needs interests stuff like that and I think just overall or excuse me inclusivity point is like 
as far as inclusivity goes, you want to include everyone and people that might be different from you. You don't want to just, like, include them out of, like, a pity inclusion. Like, and I think this movie kind of showed that. Like, Coach Jones originally was the only one to kind of take radio in. Well, he was really the only one that was there for him after his mom passed later in the movie because his brother was kind of off doing his own mm-hmm. thing and there was nobody there to help radio when his um, mom passed. So he got the call and it was so upsetting to see how distraught radio was. And Coach Jones was the one that came over and he's like, hey, you know your mom loved you very, very much, radio. She loved you very, very much. And radio just kept on saying she said it was going to be a good season, Coach. And he was just so distraught he tore up half the house but coach jones was kind of the one to get him out of that funk and um just raised him up and gave him a big hug and they put they do this thing where they put their heads together and it's kind of like um it's what what would you say michael it's kind of just their thing isn't it yeah. when they do that it just shows their they got a good connection they're always i mean coach jones always taking them out to eat going to um they love they love going to this diner and at the end of their meal, he's like, radio, which pie do you want? They, and then she's like, she's got, we got pecan or apple. And radio just says both <laughs> every single time. And it just, you could tell Coach Jones was truly there for him. And, and there might have been some, like, Hollywood sprinkled in there. But, you like, just from the movie, you could kind of see how, at the beginning of the movie, Coach Jones was the only one that kind of wanted radio around. And by the end, radio had the whole community kind of gathered around him, which is huge, especially when he didn't have anyone before. Mm -hmm. So besides his mom. Yeah. So that that was just kind of to see how in a small, tight-knit community, how fast they shifted around one person just because they were brought to the spotlight and realized how bright of a person and not how not so different people with disabilities are Mm -hmm. and that they need to be included just like a normal person and not like pity inclusion just included Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as if they were quote-unquote normal it was all yeah it's not it's not like it was an easy task either at first it was it was really only coach jones that even had in mind the inclusion like you could tell throughout the movie they gave some insight that not a lot of people were happy that Coach Jones was bringing radio around. They thought he was obnoxious, like in the diner when he was screaming and yelling at the waitress, asking him where's his pie at. You know, he didn't think anything of it. It wasn't really that harmful, but he wasn't trying to be malicious. People just people just felt as if radio was like obnoxious, like he was a child, but really he wasn't. But Coach Jones didn't care how people thought of him about why he was with radio all the time. He was. He, he just wanted radio to feel like a person. I think that his determination, him showing that that actually really doesn't matter to him, no matter what anybody thought of him after that, is what really triggered them to give him a chance. And I think that was that was also another way that they didn't they the movie made sure that they weren't like, you know, getting that pity inclusion. It he doesn't talk were, to him like a baby. You know, he talks to him just like a normal person, which was another point that we made in our last discussion about on the peanut butter falcon. But I mean, he just talks to him. Just, just like a person doesn't talk to him in a little baby voice or does anything like that, which is um, which also shows. Mm-hmm. It's it's just this movie just kind of showed what happens when um, 
people may not think you're doing the right thing, but deep down you know that you made the right decision. And I don't think uh, Coach Jones regretted his decision on including radio into the community at all, which I think is a huge uh, stepping point, especially in that community of including people that they see as different. I mean, he gave up a lot. He he went into the barbershop, his last scene in the barbershop, he was he gave up head coach of football for just something for yeah which he talked about how much he loved football all the time it was football 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 that's about all he talked about in his household and his wife knew when it was football season because he wasn't coming to bed on time he was coming home late you just he had a true passion for football and he gave that all up just to help radio just to get him through because I mean at that point radio didn't have anybody and he said, "You know what? I'm taking because he just was trying to show the whole barbershop. There's more to, there's more to football. There's life, and he really makes that very clear when he stepped down as head coach to help radio's benefit and to just he just made everybody see like there's a lot more than just football, which that's all the community was pretty much about was football." So. Yeah, football, sports, that's all the Hannah community really cared about. And with that, I think that tops off the second episode of Flick Discussion. I want to thank everyone for listening. I'm Michael. I'm Carter. I'm Seth. We'll see you guys later.